one of um, my favorite songs and my good friend Kate she said oh I hope you're gonna sing it she, she really liked it a couple years ago so we're gonna sing it Kate a solen <laughs> and um, and it's a fun song and then we'll do um, some congregational sings so we just wanted to share this with you tonight Drink no money, ever none. Yet shall we be merry? 
us all merry One for Peter, two for Paul Three for him who made us all God bless the master of this house And the mistress also And all the little children Around your table grow The cattle in your stable The dog by your front door And all that dwells within your gates We wish you ten times more So, so, so cake Please give Mrs. a soul cake Apple, a pear, a plum, a cherry Any good thing to make us all merry One for Peter, two for Paul Three for him who made us all Go down into the sand Or the sailors you can find The bells are not empty We hope you will be kind We hope you will be kind With your apple and strawberry Or morsel Until this time next year So, so, so a soul cake, apple, pear, plum, a cherry, any good thing to make us all merry. One for Peter, two for Paul, three for him who made us all. The streets are very dirty, my shoes are very thin. I have a little pocket to put a penny in. If you haven't got a penny, I hate We're just so grateful to be here with our family, with our loved ones. And this truly is a holy night. And it's a night to just remember what fills us and what is really important. And it's your peace, your love, and your goodness. And as we just sing about this joy and these holy, this holy night here tonight, I just would ask that you warm every heart in this place and just help every single person with their relations, both inside and outside of this room. And just let us know. I know that... Every single one of our brothers and sisters is so beloved, and we just love that message. So, amen. And please stand as you are able as we bring in this evening with joy to the world.
That's beautiful. And I love that, that every heart prepares room because there's always room for everybody. And I just love that. Um, That's just beautiful. Our second song is Away in the Manger. Okay. Tonight, um, we're going to go through different parts of the the Christmas story. And it's an old story, and all of us have heard it um, probably many times. But what I always find fascinating is that uh, we have different people read different parts of the story and just ask them to reflect on it. And what is the story telling to us today? How is it relevant to us? And just taking that time to really move into the story. Because it's just as important. Uh, to us today and as we grow older and we move and change we see different parts of the story so the story is alive Uh, so with that in mind i'd like to invite our first readers uh john and anna to come forward and just share a little bit first reading for this evening is from luke chapter 1 verses 26 through 38 in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. 
And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. So John and I were uh, reading this passage, and we were thinking, um, wow, that's a really hard one if you think about it literally. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, we weren't quite sure what to think about that at first. Um, And uh, I knew, you know, if I were in Mary's position in that story, I would certainly be uh, more than perplexed, I think. Um, Very confused and very uh, frightened and and all of those things. And uh, it really struck us how Mary is able so quickly, I think, to accept um, this message that I'm sure she still doesn't understand um, and to take on this role that God has prepared for her. Um, And, uh, you know, we... We, we, I think we think a lot about uh, Let It Be and, you know, the song and everything. Um, and I don't know if I'm the only one who maybe missed a little bit of the point of that, because I always think of it as, you know, let it be whatever is out there in the world. Like, let's accept what is and what we, what we find and what we run into. Um, but here, she's, she's, Mary is saying, let it be with me. Um, and so she's really accepting, you know, not just what is out there, but God's plan for her. Um, and I think that's uh, the message that I want to focus on for, for myself and, and for each of us is accepting that plan that God has for each one of us, even though we don't understand it. Um, and I've, I've been thinking about the last few months sort of trying to accept um, my weaknesses as well as my strengths um, and trying to discern from them what what my role is in the world and that that particular task that is mine you know the the thing for which God created me um, and I think it's I think it's really valuable to open up those sort of uh, you know difficult existential questions from time to time and wonder about our purpose and and question it. Um, but at the same time, we can't let those questions paralyze us, and we really need to listen to that angel who tells Mary, "Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God." and And um, like Mary, we have to find the way to to trust this message also um, and to trust that uh, we we are um, fulfilling our roles here, even though we don't understand them a lot of the times. Um, So uh, that's kind of what we were thinking of regarding this passage. And John is going to light the candle. (laughs) I wasn't going to say anything, but um, I was just thinking about Joseph. And uh, I remember uh, what people would say in Mali, Africa, and the man would 
be talking and talking, and, and then they would come with this, uh-huh. So, uh-huh. First candle tonight is for Christ, our hope. And as we sing and think about that passage, just think about the, the hopes you have for yourself. How do you picture yourself? Who is the person that you are intended to be? What are your hopes there? second reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. The birth of Jesus the Messiah. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, 
she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgins shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. When it's dark, I can't see without cheaters. Matthew begins his account of Jesus' birth with these words. This is how the birth of Jesus took place. But Matthew, Matthew gives us no holy family. No baby Jesus in a manger, no angels, no shepherds. Where are they? Where's the baby Jesus? Uh, Not in the Gospel of Mark. Mark tells us nothing about the birth of Jesus. Nor can we find him in the Gospel of John. John recounts a cosmic birth, telling us that the Word became flesh and made his home among us. So where is the manger scene? Where is Mary? Matthew jumps right to the Magi. Only the Gospel of Luke features a holy family, the birth of a baby in a manger, a God in swaddling clothes, diapers, angels singing on high, shepherds in the field. Mary and the baby hold center stage in the Christmas tableau. In Luke, we find the baby. Matthew, however places Joseph at center stage and tells us how the birth of Jesus took place. If not for Joseph and his open reception of dream messages from the angels, the baby would not have survived infancy. He might have died in the womb as his mother was stoned to death. Jesus is conceived under the reign of both cruel religious law and a cruel secular king. According to Matthew, Mary and Joseph were engaged and Mary became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Her pregnancy creates a crisis for Joseph, a righteous man who keeps the law as best he can. The law is clear. Go look at Leviticus. If a young woman is not a virgin on her wedding night, then the family must stone her to death. Fortunately for Mary and the baby, Joseph, like the Joseph of old, is a receiver and interpreter of dreams. 
In a dream, an angel of the Lord says to Joseph, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. The child was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Unafraid, like Mary in the Gospel of Luke, Joseph has his annunciation moment. Mary's Mary and accepts the baby as his own and names him as instructed, Jesus. There is much for Joseph and Mary to fear. First, there is the law that would have put both Mary and the baby to death by stoning. But law is canceled by an angel dream. In the presence of God's word, there is nothing to fear. Then Matthew introduces Herod, a most violent and jealous king, who teases out information from a band of magi. No number is specified. It doesn't say three. (laughs) They tease out information about the birth of the anointed one, Herod's rival, as he understands kingship. The Magi journeyed to Bethlehem and there in a house, that's what it says, there in a house, not a manger, according to Matthew, they find the child who may well be a toddler. Herod will order all male children two and under to be slaughtered. In another angel dream, Joseph is told to flee to Egypt. He does so before Herod carries out his slaughter. I read this a few years back after Sandy Springs, and it broke my heart. In Egypt, another angel dream tells Joseph it is safe to make an exodus from Egypt. And the family, like Moses and the Israelites before them, begin a journey home. Joseph and his family repeats Moses' journey out of Egypt and delivers to the world Jesus, a name from the Hebrew words To deliver. To rescue. You know, we sing that song about Jesus, Jesus. That's what the name is. To deliver. To rescue. Jesus is your, my, and the world's true deliverer. Jesus, the word, the Christ, makes possible a final exodus from all fear, despair, sin, terror, cruelty. Jesus is the new Moses. Jesus is the deliverer of all people. Jesus, the risen Christ, says again and again to his disciples, be not afraid. And so in these times, and so in all times, in the name of Jesus, in this joyous time, in this tumultuous world, be not afraid. Keep dreaming. We have been brought glad tidings of great joy. Keep dreaming and know the good news that the angels sing. Peace on earth, goodwill among all people. Keep dreaming. Amen. For this is good news.
Please be seated. This is Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them at the inn. Um, Stephen's going to share mostly, but... I don't have any deep insights into this particular passage, but as a mom of young children, some not so young, um, the thing that stood out to me was about making room and is there room? And, um, you know, we sometimes we have friends that we don't know if they're going to eat with us or not, but today, you know, I said to the kids, well, just set an extra place. And it just reminded me that my heart and soul can be so full of so many things that it's hard to have room to make room for Christ, which to me represents love, hope, peace, joy, unity, affirming of others, and so much more. And so as I think about this passage, I'm going to try to make room for the people that I love, and for the good that this season can bring, despite sometimes the craziness that it can bring. So, All right, I think we're good now, so. (laughs) Uh, All right, I have a few thoughts, too. Here's some some deep thoughts. No, just joking. Um, So there's a lot that we could unpack from this passage, but the, uh, the part that sticks out to me the most is that no one welcomed the Holy Family and gave them shelter. They were excluded, who knows for what reasons, perhaps fear, perhaps mistrust, maybe because they were from a dodgy place called Nazareth, Uh, but in the end, they had to settle in a barn with some hay and some animals and their manure, and I didn't really understand before uh, the significance of that, but we have uh, two goats and a horse now, (laughs) and I would not want to spend the night in that barn or give birth or rest with my newborn baby. And then uh, to place the newly incarnated uh, king of the universe in a feed bowl, it's kind of mind-blowing. So, uh, but this is just like Jesus, to show us the parts of our humanity that are flawed, where we've gotten it wrong, and then to turn the world upside down. Uh, the one who was unwelcomed had a, has a place at the table for everyone. The one who the world did not have a room for has a room in his kingdom for anybody. It's also just like Jesus and the Holy Family to make the best of things. They did end up with quite the gathering, with a bunch of farm animals, a choir of angels, and a bunch of outcast shepherds to celebrate the first Christmas. And this was just a preview of the life of the incarnate Christ, where all are welcome and there's always a party. Merry Christmas. Thank you. 
was um, feeling pretty good this morning when I woke up because uh, we had all the music taken care of and I assigned all the reading parts and the reflection to everybody until I got a phone call and someone got sick. <laughs> so uh, I'm kind of the substitute here. So I want to read uh, from the Gospel of Luke as well and just uh, the role uh, of the shepherds that they play and just a, a few thoughts. So in that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. Kind of a common theme uh, when, when people encounter something they can't comprehend, uh, there, there's, there's that fear. But the angel said to them, like the angel often does, Do not be afraid. For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and singing, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. And my thoughts on this particular passage is, first of all, the shepherds are kind of the, the outcast in society, the marginalized. And God, in the, in the form of these angels, comes and visits them. And what a message of inclusion and hope for all of humanity, that God will come among the least, those who are maybe um, despised or looked down upon. And he offers them this message of hope. And I also think about the angels out in the, the field there as well. It's just um, another night. It's another night of work for them. They're watching the sheep. Just an ordinary time. And out of that ordinary moment, something extraordinary happens. Are we open to those possibilities as well? As we just go through our life, day after day, night after night, and things seem to be the same, are we open to the possibilities that something extraordinary, something wonderful is on the way? And continually open up our hearts and our minds to, to the possibilities. And I was even wondering as well, as you know, I'm sure the, the shepherds looked up at the night sky. Is it possible for us to look up into that sky, either during the day or at night, and not be filled with awe and wonder. Is that possible? I think of how often do I actually take time to go outside at night and just look above and remember how much grandeur and how much beauty and how holy every night is. And just taking that time to look up and to let what is there come down upon us. And so my prayer for each and every one of us as we go through our, our lives here, when we get busy and things get hectic, is just taking that time just to go outside and look up. Also to look down and just see the beauty and the wonder and the all, all around us. Amen. I thought we were starting, I was starting after you. I keep were having you? to kick all remember. these off. <laughs> <laughs> the trick with Christmas songs is you only do them once a year, so you kind of forget what you're doing a little bit. So, anyway. <laughs> Thank you.
All right, let's light this puppy up. Here we go. (laughs) The next scripture is Luke 2, verses 15 through 20. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child laying in the manger. And when they saw this, they made known what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it, were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. 
The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them and come true. So for me, this passage is a more about promise made by God and kept. So with the birth of Jesus Christ, the shepherds witnessed um, the promise of the hope of eternal life. They witnessed the promise of the peace of dreams coming true, being fulfilled. They witnessed the promise of the joy of space being made for everyone, every single person, even the lowly shepherd. Are you lighting that on fire? (laughs) (laughs) And the promise of love through this Christ child for every single one of us, even Michelle. (laughs) So with this promise, we take this love of God through Christ, God with us, we take this out to every single person a love that is deeper and greater than any love that we could achieve without Christ. Amen. Uh, and uh, I happen to agree with John, so grateful. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
the Gospel of John. Uh, probably my, my favorite one as far as remembering that, that story and that birth as well. So beginning with verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through Him. And without Him, not one thing came into being. And what has come into being in Him was life. And the life was the light of all the people. I've often read that the best metaphor uh, for God is simply light. The light was the light of all the people. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And we come here for a a lot of different reasons tonight, uh, with a lot of probably different thoughts and ideas on on the stories and and what life is about. Uh, But what gives me great hope, great peace, even joy, and just love, that we cannot wrap our, our minds around just this incredible love, is that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And this is moving at on every single level. In our personal lives, we're going to have some hardships, we'll have grief and pain and struggles, but there's the light, and the light perseveres. As a church, as a community, we're, we're going to all have these times of struggles and darkness as a nation, as a world. But that belief in the birth, the birth of Christ, it's the the birth of that hope, that peace, that joy, and that love within us. And when this child is born uh, as an adult, he, he says, I am the light of the world. And you think, well, that might be something Jesus would say. But then he says something that's very hopeful and very empowering and gives us responsibility. He says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. And I would call this our our true essence, our our true self. All we do is simply live, live into that truth of who we are, that we are light. And as we leave here, we, we carry hope, We carry peace, we carry joy, and we carry love into all of our relationships and interactions. And it's a much, much different way of living. We're saying we are children of that light. And we're going to walk differently. We're we're this this radical love and this inclusion. We're going to practice that. And that's how we're going to live with one another. And so tonight... For our final song, we sing Silent Night. And I'll start the light here, which has already been going for quite some time. And we'll share it with one another. And in singing these words, it's just reminding ourselves not only who we are, but who our neighbors are as well. And take some time as we're passing the light just to look into the eyes of the person next to you and and look all around you. And see the light. And may we live with that conviction that the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness did not overcome it. So please stand as we sing Silent Night.
and all the light in each person gathered here and think about these rituals being performed all across the world tonight. For me, this is the truth. This is the reality. That there is light. That we are children of that light. I pray that we just walk forth from this place knowing that we carry a part of that light. And that light shines in the darkness. It transforms the world. It gives us hope. You all look like angels out there. 